great podcast. Adam's energy is so captivating, I can listen to his podcasts on loop all day. Can't wait to see who he brings in next. Just a little review there from Vish. Thank you, Vish. And if you like this show and you want to leave a review, do so on Apple Podcasts, and I will read it off right here at the top of the show. All right, on with it. Now, when I started this venture out in September, loads of folks asked me what sort of business I would be, LLC, S-Corp, C-Corp. I'm thinking, I don't want to hear about all these corps. I just want to get to work sharing conversations. And so when somebody asked me, do I want to learn about what a B-Corp is? I said, no, no, don't worry. I've heard it all before. So today we're going to learn about what a B-Corp is on this authentic avenue. Composed, a digital services agency focusing on addressing business goals through sustainable solutions. On this episode, you'll meet Jason Parkin, their president and chief creative officer. He's been around the block a time or two, and today is telling me all about what that mysterious B Corp is. Turns out it's not too hard to figure out, and it plays right into the message of this show, because it turns out that brands and organizations that meet the requirements for the B Corp are generally operating in an authentic way. So I couldn't wait to learn more about how brands get there and how agencies get there. And so you'll learn too as Jason walks you through all of the requirements and maintenance required to get that special stamp. So sit back and build a better business with me as I get real with Composed and Jason Parkin. Now I'm pretty new for uh, going into business on my own. And so I have heard all sorts of abbreviations for ways of doing business. LLC this and S Corp that and... All of these things made me wonder, well, is the following topic just another classification or does it mean something more? It's called a B Corp, and I'm not quite sure that it is uh, what it is, but I know somebody who does, Jason Parkin from Composed. Jason, thank you so much for joining me, first off. Adam, thanks so much for having me on. It's an honor to be here. Now, obviously, we're going to talk much more than what a business is classified as, but I do need some off-the-top education. So could you please let me know and the listeners know what the heck people refer to when they say they're a B Corp? Yeah, absolutely, Adam. So B Corps are for-profit companies that use the power of business to build a more inclusive and sustainable economy. We've met the highest verified standards of social and environmental performance, transparency, and accountability. And the way that's done is through B Lab, which is a third-party uh, organization that verifies this process through a measure of companies' performance in five categories, governance, workers, customers, community, and the environment. So it really does have a strong focus on what we refer to as the triple bottom line. So people, planet, and profit are all weighted equally in determining uh, a company's success and performance. Interesting. So you go through a an application process to this governing body that says, yes, you hold all of these three pillars in equal regard, basically? Yeah, essentially that's what it is. So they have, it is a fairly long and involved process. So I think that's one thing that you can really um, know that when we, we speak about being authentic, that every company that is a certified B Corp, which there are now over 3,500 companies worldwide. So, and those are brands like Patagonia, Ben and Jerry's, Eileen Fisher, Allbirds, to name a few. Um, what you do first is what take what's called an impact assessment. And so that is something that you individually go through and through these five different categories. Uh, there's a number of questions. I think it's about 20 to 30 questions per category. And you really fill out what your impact is um, in that area as far as government governance. How transparent are you? 
with your policies? Are you making sure to accommodate things like diversity, gender equality, various uh, topics along those lines? Um, what your impact on the environment is? Obviously, if you're producing a product, there's a lot of areas that you can look to, you know, reduce that impact, make changes, et cetera. Um, once that impact assessment has been filled out, which, you know, to be honest, speaking from experience, takes a few hours at least to get through, um, then there is a, a pretty lengthy and detailed verification process from the B Lab team uh, where they go through and really, you know, ask for proof of documentation, um, really addressing everything that you've filled out to make sure that it is verified, that you can back up what you're saying. And then once the first auditor has gone through everything, then they have a second independent auditor on their team go through what the first auditor has done to really confirm that, you know, everything that's been provided matches up. So it, it's really fact checking across the board. And so I think that's, you know, just going through this process, you can really be confident that any one of these companies that's out there that has this B Corp certification logo, um, it's, it's really verified that they're doing the right thing. Got it. Okay. And that was going to be my next question. So there's no way that an organization can just say internally, maybe at a board meeting or around a table, hey, you know, this would be really great if we were like one of these B Corp things, show people that we care, right? Maybe get a little bit of positive press around it and then just go and fill this document out, which is all these questions that say, hey, do you have a good positive impact on the environment? People just say, "Mm, well, yes, I certainly do. They can't just do that and then go get this B logo slapped on their website. They have rounds of critiques of this. And I'm guessing, and you probably don't know the ins and outs of this, but I'm, I'm hoping that some of these organizations that do that are struck down pretty quickly. But you got to put your money where your mouth is, so to speak here, I'm guessing, right? Yep, exactly. And so to become a, a certified B Corp um, based on B Lab's scoring system, you have to achieve a score of 80 or higher. Um, and, and again, this is something that's really thoroughly vetted by the team there. It's um, a process that takes on average of six to eight months. Um, so it's by no means, um, you know, something that's just quick and something that it's sort of is going to happen unless you're really invested as an organization to make a, a commitment to. Um, and, you know, that can be everything from rewriting your company handbook to just making sure for other companies that have control of these things, just making sure that, you know, all of your faucets aren't leaky or, you know, looking at how you're handling recycling, looking at um, what other actions that you're taking uh, to really ensure that you're having as little impact as possible. But the other thing that's really great about this is this isn't just like a one and done certification. Um, So every three years, every B Corp has to renew their certification. And the guidelines for doing that change and evolve over time as we learn more, as uh, technology progresses, as they're different ways uh, instituted that they're just identifying as things that really are key in what we're calling this stakeholder economy. Um, and so that's, you know, saying we're not looking at just what's important to the shareholder, but the stakeholder. So that's everybody from your employees, your clients, your customers to society at large. Um, ah, so, I got it. Yeah. So what it does is it provides a really good roadmap for where your company can and needs to go to sort of continue to evolve with the times. Good. Okay. That's helpful as well. So this isn't something that you could just, even if you you tighten up for six months and get the certification, 
You can't just call yourself a B Corp forever. They're coming back and they're going to vet you again. This is all good for me to know because if, if, if I'm thinking in the most skeptical sense, I wouldn't want some bad actor to come along and say, oh, I care so much about the environment. Look at XYZ that I'm doing. Really only having invested in that for as long as to be compliant with the initial uh, uh, critique or the initial audit or initial two audits to then get this, to then be able to stand up as somebody who cares. And maybe they don't. Because, like, not everybody in the world's a Patagonia. Not everybody in the world's a Ben & Jerry's. Two brands I'd love to have on this podcast at some point, by the way, to talk about this. And I wouldn't want somebody to fake it. It sounds like it's very difficult for somebody to fake it here, um, which which is good. Now, now, let me ask you this question next. Because when I think of companies that need to meet this standard the most, I assume that it comes in the world of manufacturing, um, and any other industry which has a significant impact on the planet. I'm thinking about that pillar and would think that most manufacturers actually probably look at profit over planet in almost all cases that aren't on this B Corp list. Now, you are working with some brands, and I guess before we talk about that, how is is it easier to be, to, to operate in the B Corp space as uh, from the agency side, uh, is there some um, is there something that you have to do? So some burden placed on you to make sure the organizations you work with are only B Corps. Like how how does that how does that work? Because your work is inextricably tied to other brands who may or may not be B Corps, right? Right, exactly. And you know, I think we're in a little bit of a unique position because, to your point, I think most of the brands that are B Corps are a little bit more on the product side. You know, we're a services driven company, but in doing so, um, we really wanted to make sure that we've made that commitment. Um, we've been in business for just a little over 10 years now and a little over two, two and a half years ago when we were really looking at, you know, who we are and what our point of view is um, just as an agency, this is something that came up just through the team, through myself personally, we're all very passionate outdoors people were passionate about the climate we're passionate about the environment and making sure you know that um that we're that people are, are treated equally we're very big on uh gender social equality social justice um and so as we were looking at this and really sort of figuring out who we are and who we want to be um or what our sort of evolution is as a company uh b corp really just made sense because it was a way for us to really walk the walk of what we were starting to speak more about. And that also uh, dovetailed really nicely into, I think, just what we were seeing going on in the industry um, as far as how much sustainability was becoming a much larger and larger issue to consumers as a whole. Now, back to your point, um, you know, do we only work with brands that are B Corps? Um, no, we've, uh, you know, one thing that I have loved about since becoming a B Corp is the community is just something um, that I've never experienced before. Um, and that's just something that we've heard time and time again from other B Corps. Um, there are just a little bit of uh, backstory. So one of the ways that we look at in talking about impact is the UN set out 17 sustainable development goals. Um for uh, being targets for 2030, right? These are the things that we need to focus on by 2030, because if we don't you know, re make real change in these areas, the science is telling us that we're, we're in really bad shape from there on out, right? Um, the 17th goal 
list in there is about partnerships and so partnerships for the goals. And so that's an area where I found that a lot of B Corps really connect. They believe in this community and they're really passionate about working with each other. Um, one of the things that did help our B Corp score is working with some brands that are already doing well by doing good. Um, and that's something that we're highly excited about in an area that we definitely focus on. Um, another area is where we're looking to affect change and how we can sort of leverage who we are uh, with our point of view and our influence and our experience is to really work with some of the more traditional clients that we have. And besides, you know, the work that we're just doing for them as a traditional digital agency um, and start to have those conversations around um, sustainability. We have a fantastic sustainability expert on our team who has over 20 years of experience in doing this. So those are the areas where we can start to have conversations with people and talk to people since we have these, you know, years and years long relationships with them um, to see how we could look at things, even their supply chain, then how do we build out, you know, really genuine and authentic messaging around that, building campaigns, uh, doing our own independent research to sort of not only uh, verify our point of view, but to show what it is that's important to consumers out there right now. Um, and that's something that we're seeing more and more. And I think, you know, if we can make that change with these larger, more traditional companies, that's where we can really have significant impact. You know, if you can make a small change at a global company that just has such scale, those are the areas where we can really see um, that impact affected the greatest. But at the same time, you know, really focusing on other brands, like I said, that are doing well by doing good because the impact that they're making in a positive way is just fantastic as well. And I want to ask about some of those that you are doing work with. First thing I want to do is uh, one more question on the balance of these three pillars, which I believe, as you said, were mm -hmm. people, planet, and profit. I had read yep. something on LinkedIn recently unrelated to this, but it was another agency. It was another founder of another agency who was talking about turning away work, how it's really tempting to sometimes go into business in ways that could be immensely profitable or immensely helpful to the bottom line in one way, but that for one reason or another, either you don't think you'll be able to deliver on the right thing or you're morally opposed to XYZ, whatever it may be, you walk away from that business. Is that something that now you're a B Corp is put under the spotlight or has more scrutiny tied to it? Or do you think that those standards were always held beforehand? I think those standards, particularly for us, were always held beforehand. Again, I think this isn't, you know, so much about alienating. I mean, obviously, you know, just based on our, our own beliefs, we're talking about big oil or anything like that or fossil fuels. Um, that's not an area that we're really focused on. Um, but, you know, as an example, in the transportation sector, um, we have a client that, uh, that makes highly energy efficient and smart HVAC units for public transit, where that energy efficiency is both helping the environment and reducing costs at the same time. So, you know, not to shy away from a sector at all, because there are a lot of great things being done. Um, to that same point, you know, I think... Businesses have really gotten into this climate mess that we're dealing with, right? Um, there, there's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But I firmly believe, and I think there's a lot of other people out there that believe as well, um, and that's where B Corp comes in, is that business can also help get us out of this mess. Um, so even if there is a company that, um, you know, they're not a certified B Corp, or they are a little more traditional, 
those are the ones that, you know, we've seen just even from firsthand experience um, with members of our team and things that we've been looking to do. That's where the real opportunity lies to help move them towards doing the right thing and then showing the business case for that. And, you know, what the success is based off of that is a way to really, you know, help and hope that snowballs through in moving forward. I would say the nice thing is that, you know, pretty recently it's become more and more um, of, a, of a political issue, of a, of a personal issue, of a consumer preference issue around climate change. And I think across the board, you're seeing brands embrace this, right? Nobody's really saying we're not going to do anything that's focused on sustainability or it's not something that we're seeing. Um, it's not something that we care about. Um, we've seen, you know, particularly in a number of the large, bigger brands that we're working with start to lay out what their sustainability plan and their climate plans are for the next 10, 20 years. Um, granted, you know, that that's always evolving, but I think a lot of that is really being driven now by consumer demand as well. And I think that's where, you know, really a lot of this power comes in as far as the consumer deciding what it is that's important to them and how brands have to evolve to stay relevant. About two years ago, I had said in, in five years, I really feel like brands that don't become and move towards sustainability, I think it's going to be really parallel to brands that didn't embrace the internet um, when the whole dot-com boom was happening, right? And what you saw happen was a lot of them go out of business or really have to struggle to play catch up. Um, and I think that's where we're seeing things moving now. And I feel pretty confident in three years from now, that's still going to be the case. Um, you know, we see on data based from the World Economic Forum, 50% of the globe is 30% or, or younger, which is the youngest that the world has ever been. And the number one concern to them is climate change. So it's just, it's gone well beyond altruism at this point. Um, there are the companies that set out to do the right thing from the beginning, and that's great. But now I think it's just really a business necessity for brands to move towards this. And we want to be the ones to help them, you know, facilitate change where we can and get that message out, especially the ones that are doing well, um, to really resonate with that consumer because the data that we've seen just shows that this is important to them. It certainly does. I've seen that myself, uh, whether it be on uh, online with just reactions to the way brands are doing business or investments that they take or moves that they make. And then I also see it in social with the youngest of the young. Uh, I see it a lot with Gen Z. People care very much about this. And uh, while I'm not in an informed enough position to say whether it will compare to uh, not catching up with the internet or, or otherwise, it certainly seems to have more relative importance today than it did a few years ago back when you made those initial statements. So, you have now done some work with some folks who are extremely dedicated to this. I believe there are two that we should focus on here uh, about preserving the ocean and preserving winter. The whole season? I'm not sure. Why don't you tell me about both of these? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that's one thing. You know, this is an area where we're able to leverage and uh, utilize what our skill set is is a way to donate our service to make a, a much more significant impact and effect on change um, for these organizations, uh, as opposed to just what the impact would be with a, a company of our size making a monetary donation. And so those companies are, as you said, one is called Sea Trees, which is a relatively new 
organization uh, started by a, a great company or a great organization called Sustainable Surf. Um, and what Sea Trees does is they focus on ocean reforestation. So that's mangrove trees, that's seagrass, that's kelp. Um, and why do they focus so much on ocean reforestation? Well, 30% of the world's carbon actually ends up in our oceans. And on top of that, mangrove trees, for example, will capture and sequester five times more carbon than a typical terrestrial-based forest will, or, you know, based tree will. So what we've been able to do with them is, I think this is, you know, a great case study and a great example of what we're talking about is, you know, we did an ad campaign uh, with them last year around the holidays, really introducing um, the organization itself, talking about wiping out the impact of your holiday travel, um, building on that and saying, you know, give a gift that's actually going to make a difference this year. Um, and through that relatively small campaign, um, we had it be highly successful. Uh, through the, the money that was raised from it, we were able to plant over 16,000 500 mangrove trees that resulted in sequestering 491 tons of carbon out of the air. And in addition, they were also able to plant over 400 square meters of kelp. So I think that's a great example of, you know, using business as a force for good. You know, if we just made a donation, there's no way that we can make that impact. But by donating our services and really utilizing what we're really good at, we were able to have a much larger impact uh, for this organization and for the planet as a whole. Um, and we also talked about uh, Protect Our Winners, which is another great organization that we just recently became an official brand partner of. Um, and what they are is a Protect Our Winners, or POW, as they're known, um, which is a very much a ski snowboard term. Um, Protect Our Winners was founded by Jeremy Jones, who is a professional snowboarder. And what it is, is it's an organization that's a collective of pretty much adventure in outdoor um, athletes. So we're talking about skiers, snowboarders, we're talking about mountain climbers, we're talking about um, trail runners, mountain bikers, um, people that have spent a good portion of their time in their careers because they are a collective of a, a lot of very highly acclaimed uh, athletes that are saying, hey, we spend our lives in the mountains and over X number of years, we've seen that there's just not as much snow coverage as there used to be. You know, there's not the the deep powder that we've had to ski and snowboard in um, as we did a few years ago. We've seen, you know, when we're up in the mountains climbing, that the the snow and the ice isn't there. And so that's sort of, you know, really firsthand accounts of what climate change is looking like um, a little higher up. So the way that they're positioned that as you know, the outdoor community, whether it's the industry and participants, is actually identified as 50 million people in the U.S. alone. So we're talking about a really big percentage of this country that's involved in outdoor activities. And so what POW looks to do is turn people that have a passion in the outdoors already into climate advocates. And they do that both through um, making plans to vote, really talking about the issues, what's being done that's having a negative impact on the climate and what can be done to have a positive impact. And then also taking a lot of this um, elite athlete star power that they have to Capitol Hill in lobbying across the aisle for climate positive policy um, so that we can really look to address this because, you know, government hasn't done enough to this point and we really need them to. Um, so, you know, the election is coming up. It's a, it's a 
great way to to make your voice heard about where you want to see uh, the future of the country and the climate happening. Um, and so that's a way that we're able to also donate our services to them to really help them affect the change that they're looking to do. And so what's great is by working with both of them, we're able to address climate change, one, through the direct action side, and then addressing it on the legislative side through the efforts of how it makes. Um, and so again, just you know, given that we are the size of, of company that we are, it just really allows us to amplify uh, our voice and the impact that we can make through doing so. It's really interesting that you're able to really dive into these different uh, initiatives, programs, and organizations that are doing this. As a matter of fact, I've spoken with a few agencies in my life uh, in this type of format, and I haven't really um, dived in as deeply as we have here, which I'm grateful for. And that's not an ocean pun, by the way. That's the depth of this conversation. And I want to round it out with a little bit of uh, advice getting if I could. And the reason is is this. Now, a lot of people that listen to this show, they build brands, they are part of brands, they are um, probably some of um, them are on the agency side as well. Regardless, they are trying to figure out for themselves what makes their brand, what makes themselves authentic and how they do that in, in, in the best way possible, how they operationalize the values that they seek to reflect. Now, you've done this, it seems, through becoming a B Corp, supporting organizations that uh, probably could be B Corps uh, themselves if, if they're not already, and doing things like protecting the environment, obviously uh, making sure that there's a balance between those three pillars. Again, people, planet, profit. I think it's a really nice way to think about it. But a lot of people don't have access to those large organizations and they don't have access to a big agency that is a B Corp and some of them probably don't even know what a B Corp is. So what I would do here is ask you for some advice um, from their potential perspective around how to carve out their own avenues to authenticity. Maybe this is pulled from your journey as how you decided to become a B Corp or maybe it's from something else. But I'm curious to learn from you how you thought about it and how others should think about it. So yeah, Adam, I think the really the most important thing is that there needs to be buy-in uh, from the organization all the way through, right? So that needs to come from what we like to say, from the boardroom to the break room, and that this is really a commitment that runs through. Um, as I mentioned, you know, with a B Corp, there does need to be such an investment um, that it's, uh, it, it's almost hard not to be authentic uh, for these companies that are making these commitments and have made this pledge um, and have you know, really undergone this whole fairly arduous process uh, to achieve this certification. And then uh, I think it's something that you know, we've seen and we are, are very proud of. Um, and what I would, the advice I would say is you know, just be straightforward, be honest, be transparent um, in everything that you're doing, right? I think you know, we just talked about the younger generation, um, the how active they are on social media, that they've grown up with uh, these digital platforms and these digital devices, and they aren't afraid to make their voices heard. They aren't afraid to speak truth to power. And I think we've seen that recently over the course of this year, where companies that maybe they were thought to be sustainable or they projected an image of sustainability started to get called out for a lot of things that really weren't um, considered sustainable practices, right? Because when we talk about sustainability, we're talking about people and planet. Um, whereas I think you see the other companies that say, hey, this is what we're doing. 
this is um, what we're able to do at the time. We know that we can do better and we're going to continue to. That's where I think, you know, transparency really comes into being authentic in what you're doing with your brand. Um, the areas that are passion points for everyone on your team, which I think is, you know, for a smaller team like ours, that's a little bit easier to sort of coalesce around. Um, but it has also been really inspiring to see the level of commitment from our team and how excited everybody has been through this process. Um, for a larger organization, I think, um, you know, I've heard some others on your podcast as well that just talk about that, you know, all the way from the top down and from the bottom up, um, people are committed to the mission of the company. And I think that's where you really get that sweet spot of it. It's just really getting buy-in all the way through. And if you are a leader, I think it's, you know, it's imperative for you to make that message and the importance of why you're doing what you're doing known to your team. But then at the same time, it's it's equally important, especially if you're brand if you're a brand, is to get that message out there and tell about the good things that you're doing. There's a really good way to do it in a way that is authentic, that you're not, you know, you've seen a lot of brands get in trouble for greenwashing and those sorts of things. And I think larger companies they tend to be a little gun shy about saying that they're doing something because they are afraid of getting held under that microscope. But that's why I think when we're talking about transparency and saying, this is what we're doing now, and this is where we're headed, that's going to resonate with consumers far better than just saying, this is our you know, environmentally friendly collection. And then someone does hold a microscope under it and it gets called out as opposed to, hey, this is the first step we're taking in a long road uh, that we're now going down. Um, and I think that's where that really comes in. You know, we're really fond of saying that sustainability is a journey because it is, you know, there is no perfect solution that exists right now. Um, if there was, we'd probably all be in a better place. Um, but it's something that we're working towards and it's something that we're working towards together. So I think as long as you are transparent in what you believe, what your commitments are and what you're doing, that's what's going to resonate with your employees. And it's going to resonate with your customers and your consumers. And I think those are the things, as long as you have that conversation and that education about the different things that you do care about and what do matter to you and what you're doing to address them, those are the areas that uh, I think are really going to stick and build that, uh, that authentic feeling and passion and uh, relationship between brands and, uh, and everyone that works with them. Listeners, I would encourage you to take this advice to heart and think about how you can be transparent with the people around you, your customers, things like that. But perhaps at first, at least this is how I would think about it, be transparent with yourself. I think that these three pillars that we've described on the show, which seem to have formed the basis for a lot of what Jason has done that he's talked about today, as well as companies that become classified under this B Corp registry, people, planet, profit. How are you combining those three? If you're not combining them as well as you should, how can you better it? And does it make sense for you to do right now? I hope that answers yes, by the way. See if you can't write a few things down. You don't have to take the hours-long survey that puts you into the first audit of the B Corp decision process, but maybe this is a way that even by doing it, you can become a little bit more transparent, a little more honest about where you do really well so that you can shout that to the masses, as well as how you can be doing a little bit better so you can start those conversations both in the boardroom and the break room. 
Jason, thank you so much for coming on today and talking a little bit more about what uh, Compose is all about, what the heck a B Corp is, and how you're saving the seasons. Very much appreciate the time. Thanks for joining. Adam, the pleasure is all mine. Really appreciate it. I do wonder if in the long run, B Corp will become table stakes. Perhaps what was considered once for show will hopefully become for sure. We'll see. Thanks, Jason, and thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in to the podcast today. Remember, if you liked it, to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and subscribe there, of course, if you haven't already, and I'll read those reviews at the top of the show. Plus, I'm elsewhere on social media, LinkedIn at Authentic Avenue or Adam Connor. I'm there personally. I'm fooling around on TikTok at Authentic Adam, and you can write me directly via email, adam at authenticavenuemedia.com. Just let me know what you're thinking, or hey, if you have a suggestion for who should come on the show next, I will take those. This has been your host, Adam Connor, saying until I get real again with you, thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.